This is Kathy Brox for LUTG Radio's WKKP Digital Broadcasting, and this is the LUTG Radio Podcast Show. I am Kathy Brox, and today's show is about hearing and ear. Now, how many people, or I should say, how many things do you know that have an ear? Let's see. Human beings have ears. Animals have ears. Do trees have ears? What about insects? Do insects have ears? Well, everything that walks upon the earth that actually walks has an ear. Every animal, every human being, every insect has an ear. An ear is internal. The ear lobes and the ear, the the cartilage, that's external. But the ear sits on the inside of, well, the head, the skull. It's attached with ligaments and, you know, all that complicated stuff that, well, I don't really have the words for. However, you do have a second ear. You're like, I have a second ear? Yes. Just like you have a second heart. I'm like, I have a second heart? Where is it? I would really like to know. Well, The ear and the heart are basically the same and they're in the same place and they're in the belly of man where the spirit of God dwells. You're like, what? Well, see, in order to explain this, it's easier when you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior because it makes more sense to you because you get revelation. Like it says in Luke uh, 24, 45, it talks about Opening up understanding that you may understand the scriptures. Basically what it, that's a summary, but I'll read it exactly as it says in the, in the King James version. It says, then open he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. So there. Mm, All right. So now that we've read that. I'm going to read the other scriptures to you to prove to you that you have an ear. In Revelations 3.22, it says, He that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Revelations 3.13, He that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Revelations 2.29, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Matthew eleven fifteen, He that have an ear, that hath ears to hear, let him hear. You're like, wait, isn't that talking about like my flesh ears, my real ears? Yes and yes. You're like, yes and yes. It's talking about you have these ears to hear. So if you have an ear to hear, let it work. That's like healing right there. Let it work. But you also have a spirit of God that's on the inside of you. You have the word of God written on the inside of you. And it dwells amongst your belly, your innards. And it's a spirit. It's a spiritual being. And so everything that has an ear will hear. But not everything that has an ear will hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. Meaning not everyone will get revelation. 
Not everyone will get that understanding. So even though you have two ears, one on the right side, one on the left, you may not necessarily understand or even hear God talking. You may not hear him. But if you are saved in the name of Jesus, we can pray for you that you may get understanding, but you need to be saved in in order to actually hear and to be eligible to receive that revelation. So and you probably thinking, okay, do I really want to know what the spirit of the Lord is saying? Cause I'm really not into spirits. Well, God, <laughs> God is not frightening. He is not someone that's out to send terror streaking through your body. He's here to love you, to let you know that salvation has been provided for you, forgiveness, and to lead you in the way to go so that you can have a blessed life. And also to help you to move around all hurt, harm, and or danger. So I know you're wondering, what is being said that God provided me with ears? What is the spirit of the Lord saying to people? I mean, really, what is he saying that I need to know? Because I really want to know. Okay. So let's start off with the book of Matthew. So in verse 15, it says, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And then verse 16 says, but whereunto shall I liken this generation? It is like unto children sitting in the markets and calling unto their fellows. And saying, we have piped unto you and ye have not danced. We have mourned unto you and ye have not lamented. You're like, well, what does that mean? That's kind of like you calling your friend. Hey, Mary, Mary. And you calling her and you calling her and Mary's playing around and she's joking around with some other friends, but Mary's walking backwards. And she doesn't see that she's about to hit the curb. And these friends that are so-called her friends are not telling her that she's about to run into the streets backwards. And this car is coming back and forth. And she may look around every now and then, but she's not really paying attention. She's too busy joking. Now, see, a real friend would grab her by the arm and say, Mary, stop. You're about to run into the streets because they care. And they want to see Mary prosper and be blessed. And grow up and have a great life. But sometimes we hang around people that won't bless us. They won't, they won't help us to hear. So Mary's messing around and she's not paying attention. And it's the same as your friends calling you. God is calling you. He's saying, yo, Mary, stop, stop. Don't take one more step. Stop, Mary, stop. Don't go into the streets. If God was to say, Mary, stop, you're going to get killed. If you go into the streets, she'd freak out and turn around. Some people were just like, Err. but God knows the heart of every person knows how people will freak out. He goes, stop Mary. And sometimes he said, Mary, come to me. Come to me, Mary, Come. Come, you're like, why are you using the name Mary? It's a common name, Mary, Maria. 
I could say Kathy, but I'm Kathy. <laughs> the same way your fellow and your friends call you, it's the same way Jesus is calling. He said, won't you come to me? I love you. I want the best for you. See, your best friend is usually the one that goes, come on, let's go do this. I know a way we can get blessed, which means we can get blessed without getting into trouble. Or if your friends see you moving in a direction that's going to get you killed or get you hurt or get you on punishment, they're like, no, don't do that. You remember what your mom said. You remember what your dad said. We shouldn't be doing that. We shouldn't be hanging out with them. You know they carry guns. You you know they smoking weed. You know they be stealing. Well, let's, let's not hang out with them. And then in the moment, your friend kind of seems like a square. They seem like, you know, they don't like to have no fun. But your friend is looking out to out for you. Your friend is... Um, your friend is adorning wisdom and holding on to wisdom because your friend, and some of you have this, uh, I, I had, my mom worked at the hospital and my dad was a cop. And so we would get the, you know, if you do X, Y, Z, you're going to go to jail, right? You know, if you do X, Y, Z, you could get killed and end up at my hospital. You know you could get hurt doing this. You could fall out of that tree. And so they would see things around us and they would tell us what the consequences were for pursuing wrong actions. And then they would say, well, now that you have the information, it is now up to you to apply this information and this wisdom for your daily life. So for example, when you walk into school, you go straight to school. You go into the building. You do not stop at the store. You do not get in anybody's car. I don't care how cold it is. I don't care how hot it is. I don't care what's going on. You don't know them. And even if you do know them, ain't no adult with you. You don't get into that car. You don't go into nobody else's house. You go straight home, straight to school and straight home. I don't know. I know y'all have had that talk, right? You had your parents tell you that that's wisdom. That's the same thing that God is saying here. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. He's saying, yo, check out this wisdom. I'm dropping on you. Some of y'all don't hear until you hear it in a Jay-Z lyric. You don't hear until you hear it in a Jay-Z lyric. I love me some Jay-Z too. But I tell you, and he may agree with me that the Bible has the best lyrics that can ever be written. The best lyrics. You're like, how do I know? Because everybody keeps copying it. What's Jay-Z's nickname? Hove. Jehovah. Superman. <laughs> You're like, oh, but Jay-Z don't believe in Jesus. Jay-Z does believe in Jesus. Now, he may do some other stuff that I don't even know about, but I know him and his wife do believe in Jesus. I can't speak to the rest because everybody do their own thing. That ain't my business. But what I'm telling you is the greatest book that was ever written was the Bible. The great, the, the one book that is copied time and time again for its wisdom is the Bible. The, the one book that is referenced as a resource is the Bible. The one book, <clears throat> the one book that is 
take whether you take stories out and create adventure stories, love stories, mystery stories, sci-fi stories, the Bible. More westerns are written based on the Bible than you can think of any other book. Because somewhere, somehow, somebody took a piece out of this Bible and developed it into a story. And you think that you got that from that author. Uh-uh. Check with the author and see where they got it from. The source will always lead back to the Bible. So if you're getting this wisdom from all these other people who got it from the Bible, then don't you think you should probably check out the Bible? I'm thinking you should. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. And if you're going to check out the Bible, don't you think that you should at least listen to the Holy Spirit? Listen to God. Because even even whether you are saved or not, you will hear God warn you about trouble. He warned the people of 9-11. He warned the people of every tragedy that has ever happened. Don't. Stop. Wait. Don't go there. He's God is always with you in the midst of trouble and joy. The small and the big. He'll always try and move you around all hurt, harm, and or danger. And get this. He will even do it for the people that ain't saved. That's called mercy. He'll do it for people that ain't saved. That's people that don't even believe in him. People that ain't with him. Because if you ain't with him, you're against him. But he loves you so much that he will extend mercy to you. He'll extend mercy to you. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. You're like, well, what else is he saying? Well, in verse uh, uh, 18, it says, for John came neither, um, for John came neither eating nor drinking. And they say he hath a devil. The son of man came eating and drinking. And they say, behold, a man gluttonous and a wind piper. I'm sorry, a wind biber, bibber, a wind bibber. I'm sorry, wine bibber. Pardon me. <laughs> a wine bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified for her, ch- justified of her children. You like, so what the, the end sentence right there summarizes what they're saying. Gossip. You know your wisdom by what your children repeat. So your children can be people from, you know, human beings that are birthed from your loins. That's your egg and your sperm. It, it can also be your students at, at school, your teacher, you get students at school. It could be your family members. If you're the head of the family, you're the one that's teaching and giving them the wisdom of the family. They repeat it. Then that's your wisdom going out the door. It could be your buddies, your homeboys. So whoever it is that you are over, Whoever it is that you are spitting your wisdom at and giving that education to, it could be your fans. For example, the people on uh, MSNBC, ABC, uh, CBS, all of them seem to be, I don't know if they, all of them, there is a huge conglomerate. I don't know who owns who. I don't even care. But because uh, I'm only thinking about the people, the individual anchors that are on TV because even though it's probably one big company that looks like multiple companies and they're there, but they're allowing people to share their wisdom a little bit. 
they're allowing people to go and research stories and present them. Now, true enough, do some of the stories get chopped up and cut off? Yes. However, when, when a person presents the facts over and over again, and they are truthful and they got backed up material from it. And the audience is repeating what is being said. Those fans are your children. They are, they, that is the wisdom that is being justified. That is your wisdom being justified. So if your fans start repeating what you saying, that's your wisdom being justified. This is why the the regular media is harping all over Fox news because they're like, you got some talented people there, but they leaving like droves because you're allowing others to lie or you're telling them to lie. I don't know which one it is. This, cause like I said, sometimes they get their reports from the top. Not, they're not always able to make news how they want to make it. I don't know. And so they're saying that Fox news is, I guess, national TV, Trump's TV. I don't even know. I do know that sometimes things are not always reported accurately. Do they sometimes correct it? I guess sometimes. But when I was growing up, Fox News was kind of cool. But now you get a lot of arguing back and forth, arguing with the angers. You get you you see so much division in the group. The best thing we go to Fox News, Fox Channel for now is sports and entertainment. Seriously, sports and entertainment. That's what we go there for. You know, and so, you know, they make great movies. They're really good at it. But we, we, we used to know Fox as a great news place, as a good news place. But they're really talented, focused people that will report the truth and will not take sides the ones that would just say, this is the facts and this is what happened. Remember like Walter Conkright, who's never over there, but he would just report the news and bam, that was it. Lester Holt, he reports the news and bam, that was it. Marion, oh man, I forgot her last name, but she was on Channel 5. She would report the news and that was it. My name said Kathy Brock from Channel 7. She would report the news. It has to be factual. If it wasn't factual, she would let you know. But she would report it, research it, research it, research it, and make sure it was straight. And then, bam, you knew what she said was the facts. It was the truth. And growing up in my generation, we ex- we we not only expected it, we demanded the truth. Even if the truth hurt, because we would rather have the truth than a lie. Don't coddle us. Tell us the truth. And so that's what God is saying. He's like, look at this. Your wisdom has been justified by your children. I'm calling you and you won't even come. You're about to run off into the street and get hit by a semi. What's wrong with you? You ever seen a man walk across the expressway? These cars are going a minimum of 60 miles an hour, depending on what city you're in. 55, 60 miles an hour. They may, they may reach a top speed of 120 if they speed in a sports car. And trying to impress somebody. And you got this crazy person going to walk across the expressway because it's a shortcut. Or because he's just crazy. Maybe high. Maybe drunk. Who knows? No wisdom right there. None whatsoever. I don't care what time of day it is. There is no wisdom there. None. 
It takes 60 seconds to stop when you're going at 60 miles per hour. Well, maybe not 60 seconds, but I think it's like five to six, I'm sorry, it's five to six seconds to come to a complete fast stop. But then you still may hit somebody. Five to six seconds is a long time to be moving and trying to slow down. It's a long time. Five to six seconds. 60 seconds, I think, is for a truck or something like that. But it takes a while to stop. And so right here, and I know I'm going too far with this. When people repeat what you say, that's your wisdom justified. And God is saying, come to me for your wisdom. Check this out. In verse 20, it says, then began he to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done because they repented not. Woe unto thee, Cherazin, Cherazin, sorry, Cherazin. Woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago and sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. And thou Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and has revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my father. And no man knoweth the son but the father. Neither knoweth the any man the father save the son. And he to whomsoever the son will reveal him. Come unto me all that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. All this is about salvation. If you read anything, it's about repentance and salvation. If you read anything about Sodom and Gomorrah, Sodomite, Sodomite. Mm, this is one of the reasons why you find so many people against homosexuality and anything that ain't abstaining or uh, heterosexual. It's because of this. When people, people that know about Sodom and Gomorrah, when they look at people that are, uh, that are gay, they're not judging them. They're crying. They're crying. And when you, when they come across people that have unforgiveness in their heart, regardless of their sexuality, they're crying for you. They're not judging you. They're crying for you. True enough, it comes out in terrible ways. Sometimes they'll say, you're going to hell. And some of them are just spouting wisdom or words that they heard somebody else say. But the ones that are truly repentant, the ones that truly want you to get saved, that really want you to know, but they don't really know how to tell you, 
They're crying because they know and they understand what hell is like. They understand what it is to be without God. They don't want you to suffer what Sodom and Gomorrah suffered. Now here it is. God is talking about these other two cities who have it worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. Anybody know what it's like to be burned alive? I don't. And I don't ever want to find out. Not ever. Not at all. If you know what it's like to be alone and to be scared. It's horrible. The people in Sodom and Gomorrah was so horrible. They had sex with any hole they could find as long as it was breathing. They preferred anal sex or vaginal sex. See, they had a choice. They had women, but they preferred just sick, all kinds of sick things. They didn't even care. And the reason why they didn't care is because they were overcome by demonic spirits. This is how bad it was. You know how when you see an angel and you know it's from God, you like, you like, boom, have reverence right away, right? You like, that's, that angel's from God. Oh my goodness. And you can feel the glory and the love and the presence, right? They felt, they identified the love and the presence of God. And instead of saying, let, what may I do for you? Let me feed you. Can I bless you somehow? Can you lead me to Jesus? Can you, I mean, I want to be forgiven. They don't say that. You know what they said? Yo, give us those men that came in here. We want them to want something means to fornicate with, to know, to know someone means to have sexual relations with. And so he goes, no, take my daughter's. They riled this man's daughters so badly, they killed them having sex. Can you believe that? And they wanted to do that to the angels. The angels struck them blind. (laughs) Don't think that I'm talking, that I'm saying it's against people that that say they're homosexual. That's your choice. That is your free will choice. And I will fight for your free will choice every day of the week. I will fight for you to make that choice because that is a free will choice. As long as you know about Jesus, that is your right. That is your choice. And I will never go against it because it ain't my business. It's just not my business. If I, if you choose to be heterosexual, it still ain't my business. If you choose to not have God in your life, it ain't my business. My business is to present the gospel to you, make sure you have access to it. And then that's between you and Jesus, regardless of what you may choose, regardless of what you may do. I'm not married to you, so it ain't my business. It ain't my business. And even if you're married to somebody that chooses to do something else, you still required to pray for them. You're required to pray for your spouse. Jesus loves you. He hates sin. He hated my sin. 
This is how bad God hated my sin. Now, I love Jesus. I love Jesus with a passion. I think he is the most beautiful person I've ever seen in my life. He's kind. He's generous. He's wonderful. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. He saved me from death, hell, and the grave. He saved me from getting just jacked up. He saved me from getting shot and beaten. Jesus saved my life. I can't count how many times he saved my life. I can't count how many times he saved my life from so many different things. And I'm assuming he has a purpose for me. I know he has a purpose for me. But even though he has a purpose for me, he basically let me know, I ain't going to tolerate your sin no more. You dig? He was for real. He showed it to me in a dream. He's like, look at you. This is you now. I'm summarizing. But he showed me the dream. He go, yo, that's you right now. Look how small that fence is. You can't even pick your leg up over it, can you? He's like, you need my help to get over that fence because you sinning so much that you can't even get over that fence. And the fence was up to like my knees. The fence was up to my knees. I'm over five feet tall. The fence was up to my knees. That is really short. That's like maybe two, three feet high. It was up to my knees. I couldn't even get over it. I had to lay down on my belly to try and crawl over and I still couldn't get over. Jesus had to pull me over the fence. He says, this is where you are right now. Are you going to come to me or not? He gave me an ultimatum. What is it going to be? This is what this, this is what this is about. This is what Matthew chapter 11 is about. What you going to do? Are you going to come to the Lord or not? He's like, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's like, I made it easy for you. I did all the work. All you got to do is receive and it's free. Salvation is free. Forgiveness is free. Whether you proclaim to be gay or straight, you proclaim to be tall or short or fat or skinny, black or white or Asian, Filipino and any of the 200 plus country nationalities there is. He's like, if you want forgiveness, you want your healing, you want deliverance. He's like, come to me. I already did the work. All you got to do is receive. He's like, heed this wisdom because it's going to come a time where you're going to call on me and I'm going to be like, yo, man, the door closed. What's up? Just like Noah did. He told him, he told them time and time again, look, the flood is coming. The flood is coming. The flood is coming. You better get in here. The flood is coming. The flood is coming. Come on, pack your bags. The flood is coming. Look, I'm loading up the animals. The flood is coming. It's 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 coming. And they laughing even after he closed the door. Wasn't no water down there. He closed. It was just raining a little bit. The water started to get up to their knees. They're like, yo, Noah, man, open the door. Open the door. This water is getting hot. Open the door. Come on, Moses. Moses opened the pee hole. Yo, man, the door closed. God said I can't open it no more. Sorry. Let me, let me just climb up. Let me climb up and I can climb up the top. Ain't no footholds, dude. Don't mess up my boat. What's up? I can't let you up on this. Come on now. You've been sinning and sinning your whole life. I tried to tell you God was going to bring the flood. You had plenty of time to repent. Sorry, me and my family, we in here. And we got all this livestock here that we got to protect. So, uh, peace. 
these crazy folks drown because they wouldn't heed wisdom. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. And right now God is saying, I'm coming back soon. Tell them that I'm coming soon. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. I'm coming back soon. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What that means is if you want to get saved, let's do it right now. You want to be forgiven of all your sins? Let's be forgiven right now. Let's receive the free gift of salvation. Let's get saved right now because God loves you just as you are. And he wants you in his kingdom just as you are. Don't go try and fix nothing. Just like, you know, you're going on a date, you go and you fix your hair for two hours. He's like, "Uh uh-uh, if you nappy headed, come just as you are. If your hair is straight, come just as you, just as you are. If you are funky, Come as you are, because he's like, no matter how much perfume you put on as a sinner, you will always be a stench in the, in the nose of the father in the nostrils of the father. You'll always be a stench. He says, but when you receive this forgiveness from me, you will smell like me. I smell like the honey on a honeycomb. You feel me? In second Corinthians chapter two, verse 15, it says, For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ, like savory, like a sweet scent, a sweet smell in them that are saved. To me, it smells like cotton candy and honey. That's what it smells like to me. I want you to get saved so you can smell it yourself. Amen. Glory to God. You're like, what about people that ain't saved? I ain't even want to read this part, but I'm going to read it to you. For the people that ain't saved, it says, and in them that perish to the one, we are the savior, the savor, the scent, the aroma of death unto death. Um, you ever smelled a rotting corpse? Now put a rotting corpse in water with a cap on it, seal it up tight, shut up for a long time. I put it like this. You ever left chicken out or cooked the, after you cooked the chicken raw, raw, whatever, raw cooked chicken, you leave it out and you leave it in water and it starts to smell. Now throw some raw eggs in that or even cooked eggs and just leave it in water. It has this terrible stench. Now seal that up and put in somebody's dirty, put in a sports team's dirty, filthy socks and jock straps and seal it up and then put in it. The aroma of somebody's flatulence. It smelled death and hell smells worse than that. It's terrible. You ever smelt something that gets in your taste buds and you so angry because it's in your taste buds. That's what hell tastes like. Like, well, Kathy, how do you know? I've tasted it and I'm telling you it's terrible. The only person that can remove that taste is the Holy Spirit. 
He's the only, I had to cry out to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, take this, get this, take it. And instantly, immediately he came to my rescue. He was already there for my rescue. But when we, when he realized that I was tasting hell, he, he removed it from me because the enemy came at me and the Holy Spirit handled it. He, that's what he do. He handles those problems. And so the enemy, he did what he, he tried to do what he was trying to do. And the Holy Spirit's like, nope. And I tasted because the enemy touched me. I tasted what he, what he smelled like. I could taste them. It was so disgusting. It was in my nostrils, in my butt, my taste buds. It was disgusting. Like sewage. Disgusting. And it took the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to remove that from me. God is, God is with you. He loves you and he wants you to get saved. He truly does. Salvation is for you. Hell was not made for you. Don't let nobody make you think that hell was made for you because it wasn't. And never tell anybody that you're going to see them in hell. Be like, no, I will not see you in hell. That is not made for me. Because see, when we're on this earth, we believe that we deserve the lap of luxury. Why is it that when we think of death and dying, that we don't think that we should have the lap of luxury, that we don't think that we should be entering into rest and in peace? I've heard some people say, well, I'll rest when I'm dead. Hold on. Are you saved? Because some people that are saved will say that and they really mean it. But then other people that said after them, they didn't even bother to get saved. So no, you will not enter into rest. You won't rest when you're dead. Because when you are not with Jesus, you get tormented when you die. You get tormented and you're in that sewage place. You're being burned and your body's being twisted and it's terrible. That wasn't made for mankind. Not at all. Not even a little. None of that was made for you. You are made in the image of the most high God and Jesus loves you. He blessed you. He gave you ears to hear so you could hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying so that you could hear the truth. Jesus is the truth. And he made a place for you that is blessed and that is peaceful. Some of you like to go fishing. You can do that every day in heaven all the time if you want to. Can't do that in hell. Hell will turn it into a torment. You know, I usually like to fish a little bit and then sit down and have a little drink. Can't do that in hell. You can do it in heaven. You know, sometimes you like to read a book and then maybe go do something else and then maybe go do something else. You can do that in heaven, but not in hell. In hell, everything that you like to do becomes a torment. The things that you hated to do becomes a torment. The things that you did not forgive becomes a torment. It's just terror. But in heaven, God removes all the pain. He, you, you don't have any unforgiveness in your heart. God takes all the unforgiveness before you die. So give him your unforgiveness right now. Anybody that you still have an ought against or you got, you know, you got a, a, a 
a pet peeve with them. You got a bone to pick with them. Give that bone to Jesus. Say, look, Jesus, take these bones. I don't want them. Because in your book of life, in your spirit, in your soul, I should say in your soul, in your book of life, those bones to pick that you have with other folks, they look like unforgiveness to God. And they are written down as unforgiveness, not just bones to pick or pet peeve. They are considered unforgiveness because that's what they are. When you have a bone to pick with somebody, that means you want to take their godly ears, the ears that God gave them, and you want to start yelling at them for something that you think that they did because your feelings were hurt. When you should have said, well, let me take a step back and let's see the situation. Were they telling me the truth? Or maybe they were wrong. But even if they were, it don't matter how they treated you. It only matters how you treat them. You should have forgave them and then went and told the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords what happened. Because he will solve the problem. Just like he's trying to solve this unforgiveness with you. Some of you have issues where you think in your former jobs or your former professions that things had happened and you're still, you're still holding on to that because this deal could have gone through and made a been a big blessing for so many people, but one person messed up and the whole thing fell apart. And so they're blaming you or you're blaming them. And all this fault is going back and forth, back and forth to the point that you're having these bad dreams over these corporate wars or whatever it is you're having. You haven't, you having terrible dreams to the point that you, you don't even rest at night. You don't rest. Cause you're having these old crazy dreams and the dreams are about unforgiveness. You haven't forgiven yourself because you survived. You went on to another job. You went on to do something else and they're still back there mumbling. tormenting themselves. There's nothing you can do for them. Pray for them and keep going forward. You got to let God handle it. And some of y'all are like, well, what if they died? That's still God's problem. That ain't yours. Forgive and let go. And don't go looking for somebody else to blame about that situation. Receive your forgiveness. Forgive those that have trespassed against you. Those that have accused you. Those that you have hurt. Forgive them. Forgive on all sides. Look, Lord, just take it all. Take all this forgiveness. I have an ear to hear and I am hearing what the spirit of the Lord is saying. And he says to forgive, repent and come unto me. That's you, beloved. He's talking about you. If you want to be saved right now. And you should. Let's get saved because God John 3, 16 and 17 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's you. It also says in verse 17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. That's you. But that the world through him might be saved. That's you. Repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I confess my sins before you this day. 
I give up my past life with Satan and close every door to all Satan's devices. I confess Jesus as the Lord of my life. When you are not with God, you are with Satan. When you are unsaved, you're with Satan. That's the reason why that's in there. I confess Jesus as the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me and for bringing me back to where I once was from this day forward, Lord Jesus. I will be sensitive to how you feel. I won't hurt you. I will obey you, Lord Jesus. I ask you to present me to Jehovah in your name. Lord Jesus, I believe with my heart, I confess with my mouth that you rose from the dead, that I am saved and receive you today wholeheartedly, 100%. Make me a light in a dark place. And from this day forward, I will leave this place and share you with everyone I meet and everyone I know is commitment, Jesus. I will get this world for you. I pray this prayer to the Father in the name of Jesus. I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus with evidence of speaking in tongues for the edifying of the body of Christ Jesus by the will of Jehovah God. Amen. Amen. Congratulations, you just got saved. Read your Bible, starting off with the book of John, chapter one. Don't miss. Amen. Glory to God. And um, get yourself in a Bible-based church. You'll be able to find some at the bottom of the LUTGradio.com page on the, under the salvation page. You can also ask God, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, give me a Bible-based church to go to something, you know, it's near my home or near my job near their homes or near their jobs. Amen. Glory to God. Or pick your favorite place. It may not be near either one of them. God will lead you to the right one to go to. Amen. Hallelujah. Share this uh, podcast with somebody, with a friend. Uh, you can also share the LUTG radio webpage. Glory to God. And how you uh, present people, uh, help people get saved is you tell them how you got saved. And you can say this prayer that's on LUTGRadio.com. It's under salvation. Thank you, Lord. Amen for a blessed podcast. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This is Kathy Brox for LUTG Radio's WKKP Digital Broadcasting. Amen. And you have an ear to hear. You have heard what the Spirit of the Lord has said. Amen. Glory to God. Have a blessed day.